And we're back for another episode of the PPC Show, brought to you by AdStage. I'm your host, J.D. Prater, Director of Growth Marketing at AdStage. And this week, we're joined by Louis Belpaire, Director of Paid Media and Analytics at Silverback Strategies, to talk about Facebook political ads and the success that he had with them. So tune in to this episode, because we're going to be talking about the details of running political ads on Facebook in a post-Cambridge Analytica world. We're also going to unfold his three-part Facebook ad creative and audience targeting strategy. And then we're going to be wrapping up with the results that he saw from running this campaign. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. But let's get to the show. Louie, welcome to the PPC Show. Thanks for having me, JD. Yeah, well, Louie and I connected. Uh, he got this really amazing Facebook ads for political campaigns case study that we're going to be talking about, which I am super pumped on to really dive into a lot of this, especially within the last quarter when you think about some of these changes. But before we do, Louie, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're working and what you're up to these days. Yeah, so I'm uh, the director of paid media and analytics at Silverback Strategies. We're a full service performance marketing agency. We have around 35 employees and we're located right in the heart of Old Town in um, Alexandria, Virginia. So right outside of DC. Um, we essentially have a paid media and an SEO team, a content marketing team as well with in-house designers um, and video resources. And we also offer analytics and uh, development services. Oh, nice. Very cool. Very cool to see the the full stack there to helping people out on their digital strategies. So uh, cool. And that was Silverback. So go check them out out there in the DC metro area. So, uh, but before, like, let's, let's, let's dive into this, man. So uh, Lou and I connected and he was like, tell me about this really cool campaign that they ran on Facebook. And so we're going to be kind of walking through his process, really like through his strategy. And then we're going to like insert some really cool stuff of like, what's happened and what are some of those challenges that came up so <laughs> like we can like really start off with like Cambridge Analytica happened right like we all remember this this was like right in the middle of March so kind of like start there with this man like whenever you think about Cambridge Analytica and you think about running political ads like tell me that mindset yeah so this, this was a little bit crazy as you were saying this is maybe um 30, 60 days after the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And essentially, um, we have a candidate for the Democratic mayoral primary here in Alexandria and his campaign manager that came up to us as an agency. Um, and they were looking for an agency that was local, so th that was pretty easy. Um, but also, they wanted to go big on digital because they knew that his, um, his core audience uh, was people in their 30s and 40s. And so that you know, you have to go digital and Facebook would probably be um, a big part of the play. So um, with that in mind, I thought, you know, with the timing of things, this was almost like too interesting of an opportunity to let go off. So I really wanted to jump on it. And there's also the, the fact that um, as a candidate, we thought that, you know, his position of, on some of the local issues were pretty well aligned with our philosophy as a business. So we decided to give it a go. But um, the, the timing was definitely a little bit crazy because Facebook was changing a lot of things when it comes to political around that time. So there were definitely a, a, a few challenges there. Um, shall, shall I get into a few of these yeah. details? Yeah, let's go into it. Like, I'm sure everyone's wanting and eager to know, like, 
what are some of these constraints and like what happened as a, as a result and like what's still possible? Cool. Yeah. So I think the main hurdle would be the authorization process that advertisers now, now we know it's a thing, right? But as of like a month and a half ago, when I started the campaign, I essentially started running and we'll get into the detail of the, the strategy, I think a little bit down the road. But when I started launching the, the campaign, just a few days later, I remember it's like a Tuesday morning, I get into the office and my Gmail, Facebook notifications have blown up and basically all of my ads have got, gotten disapproved. And what happened, as we know now, is that Facebook was starting to use their AI to identify ads with political content and automatically blocking them unless you're an approved uh, political advertiser. So what that means is that agencies and, and, and people who put ads on Facebook have to go through a three-step process, submit their social security information, um, you know, get a, a piece of mail um, with a code and basically verify that they're a U.S. resident. Um, and so the timing of that wasn't great because like for a solid 48 hours, I wasn't sure how I would get my ads re-enabled. Luckily, we do a little bit of work here in DC with nonprofits. Um, so I have a few people on my team that had to go through the same process. So I was able to use their login to re-upload my ads. But I think that's, that's the main big thing. Like They're monitoring very closely the types of ads that are put on Facebook obviously because of what happened and people have to get authorized. So that, I think that's the first main thing. The second one would be in terms of sharing content related to news. So our candidate, um, maybe three or four weeks into the campaign, right when we were in the heart of things, got um, uh, endorsed by the Washington Post. So um, as you can imagine, being in the DC area, that's a pretty big deal. They don't often endorse local candidates. So we're like, yeah, we're going to really promote that and get it in front of people who didn't read the article yet. The issue with that is unless you know, you're verified, you have verified access to a website in Facebook, they, unless you own the domain, especially when it comes to news, you can't just put an ad behind an article and then use that um, as your ad format. So you, we kind of had to use a creative workaround there where we showed a picture of the candidate with sort of a Washington Post endorsed logo, but we couldn't drive people directly to, to, the, to the article. So that's kind of one of the, the new limitations. Um, in terms of what you can do, though, you can still target people based on their um, political views, based on the fact that they're likely to engage with political content on Facebook. And you can still pretty much target custom audiences, right? You don't have as much visibility into the estimated reach, but you can still do that. So when it comes to political advertising, there's a lot of um, databases out there of past voter data. It doesn't tell you who someone voted for because that's obviously um, private information, but you can see who voted and where on what list. So essentially, you can retarget voters from past elections, which it's kind of really important for these local um, elections where turnout is usually pretty low. That's, that's a good way to make sure that you, you get a little bit more exposure. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, what's crazy is, I mean, if you were to start this in February, February, you would have had custom audience estimates. You would have known how many people, right? So then uh, you would have been able to run these types of political content. Cambridge Analytica happens in March. You start advertising in April. And now all the things that you've uh, been so accustomed to have just changed. So absolutely crazy. Because now we're going to get into like 
the actual campaign strategy, right? So now you're living in a post Cambridge Analytica era and you still have to, you know, drum up awareness, get the vote out and get people out there to actually vote, but also vote for your guy. So let's kind of like talk to about how you executed this, this strategy. Uh, let's, yeah, like walk us through your kind of like your, your threefold uh, strategy that, that you implemented. Absolutely. So I think we were lucky in this case, and it's not always the, the case with clients that they had done a lot of great research beforehand. So there's actually a, a poll that was conducted in Q1 this year by the campaign manager where they interviewed about 400 local residents and they had a very um, precise view on what was going on here in, in Alexandria. So we knew essentially three things. We knew that um, the opponent, the current mayor, had much more recognition, especially in some areas of the city. She was projected to win and get about 53-54% of votes because of having more awareness in the city. Um, the second thing is that there were very specific demographic groups that had different interests in the election, right? So, for example, older demographic were more likely to oppose new development. Um, parents of young children, they have specific issues at heart, at heart um, regarding the education budget and, and things like that. So we knew it would be at some point really important to have a targeting message in front of a very specific audience. And obviously Facebook lets, lets you do that very well. Um, and then finally, I was talking about turnout a little bit. So turnout there, we knew that turnout would be critical. That's pretty much how you win in a local election, whether your base shows or, or, or doesn't. So knowing that we kind of created this full funnel um, strategy on Facebook. And, and another thing I didn't mention is it's a pretty small election. I mean, there's 160,000 people here. Um, the the candidate did not have a super comprehensive website. So sending people to a site was kind of out of the question. So this is really a time where we had to run the campaign from start to finish within the Facebook ecosystem, which is kind of exciting because with clients, especially as a um, performance agency, very often it's about getting link clicks, getting people to the site so that they can, you know, convert and, and buy. But here it's completely different. It's more of an awareness play and the conversion is getting a vote. So it's a very different. Um, so in terms of how we structure that is essentially six weeks prior to the campaign, we started this awareness phase, right? So we're picking the awareness objective. Um, the goal here is to optimize based on ad recall. And we're essentially showing people um, a video ad that's a very pretty quick ad um, with some background on, on the candidate. And we're also showing a canvas ad. And I think the canvas ad, um, this on the reporting, was really what functioned the, the best. So um, the canvas ad really allowed us to create sort of a, a competitive ad. I'm, I'm sure you've seen those on TV, but that that's not quite what we're trying to do. Like we're on, we're just really trying to expose um, the current mayor's voting record versus our candidate's policy, as quoted by you know local publications, the Washington Post, to really show the facts to people like side by side. And the canvas is such an engaging experience that it did that very well. So. I was talking about our ad recall and video where that was 16 to 17%. Um, with the canvas, we had more success there because we saw that in average, people would see more than 60% on the canvas and it was pretty lengthy. So that's, that's pretty good. And 
um, time-wise, they would spend more than 30 seconds within the ad unit. So, you know, why try to send people to a website where you know that only 50% will actually load it and then a third of that might read through it when you can do all of that within the Facebook experience? So obviously it requires like good design resources, but something that's worked really well for that awareness phase. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta like jump in on this part because this, this is crazy to me. So I, I love this idea of using Facebook as like full funnel approach. And you're almost just like, don't even go to the website. Just, just stay here. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you content that is, you know, made for Facebook con uh, consumption. And so you start out with some video ads. Love this canvas ad idea though. I mean, fantastic idea of like going through in 30 seconds a canvas, like, that's, that's nuts. I, like, it's crazy to think about how much time that is. And I liked how you compared it to a website, but even just thinking about your own Facebook experience and how much time that you are spending within the actual like Facebook platform, you know, I've seen stats that are ranging, you know, 40 minutes a day. You think 40 minutes a day and you just spent half a minute engaging with just my one ad. Like that's a, that's a win too. So like hats off to you guys for, you know, thinking through, those types of ad units, rolling those out, especially in that awareness phase, but also getting those results. So uh, let's move on to like that second part of it. So that was the awareness phase you said for, uh, that was six weeks before the election, correct? Yeah, that was six weeks to about like four to three weeks prior to the election. So really trying to warm up the audience. And um, I think we got in front of 70,000 uniques at, at that point. So a majority of that 120,000 voters potentially so that. Um, yeah, so the second phase, um, the hyperlocal messaging, that's where we sort of concentrated about a third of the budget. So here we're not optimizing on brand awareness anymore, not trying to get ad recalls as much as we're trying to get people to engage, right? So our video team actually produced a bunch of one-minute video that were endorsements from not local celebrities, but local public figures, I would say. So those were hyperly targeted. For example, um, women over 60 plus. So a testimonial from the candidate's mom that was um, where she was actually talking about his upbringing and how she, um, you know, tried to have some specific values um, through his childhood and then how that makes him a good candidate for becoming the next mayor. So that's one audience. And then parents of um, young kids or specific message that's related to education. So we saw a lot of engagement there. And one difference with, you know, the, I would say, for example, the e-commerce campaigns that I'm used to be running is that this isn't as much of a sort of set it and forget it like set it and monitor your KPIs because there's going to be a lot of comments that come through specifically since this is, you know, related to politics. So this is where like the kudos really go to the candidate because I know after hours he was logging into his Facebook and really making a point of like answering almost every comment. Like people would just jump in and say, well, this is great. Like this one minute video thing, but what's your position on this particular issue? And he was, he would chime in there. So we got a lot of conversations started in that stage. And although that was just a third of the budget, um, this is where most of the reactions, comments, shares, and even um, page likes, that's, that's where we got um, all of that. And the cost per engagement, I think, was around 15, 20 cents. So similar to our cost per ad recall at the, the stage before that. Um, and yeah, that, that ran for about 
two to three weeks, basically up until 48 hours to election day. Nice, nice. That's really awesome, man. Like just kind of like thinking through. So you, you're doing some ads, you're doing video, we're doing Canvas. And now we're, um, are, are you guys like retargeting those audiences or were you just, I mean, the audience was small enough as it is. You're just kind of targeting the same people again. So we really, we leverage retargeting, but we leverage that really at the very end in the last 48 hours. So um, for the last two days, we did do that. People who engaged with the canvas, who had seen the campaign video or the hyperlocal videos, um, as well as his page fans, because that's obviously the strong base. Um, we added these as basically an audience that we targeted in the last 48 hours. And there's something a little crazy that happened, like, 24 hours before so as i'm sure you know the washington capitals the caps won the stanley cup so there was going to be a big parade um in dc on the national mall on tuesday i think it's june 12th and i guess it's not so much a big deal except that our core audience is those like 30 something and young parents and there's a ton of washington caps fan um in alexandria so the campaign manager was sort of really worried about that so very last second i also put an ad set for um alexandrians who are fans of either hockey or the washington caps saying this is enjoy the parade today but make sure you stop by the voting booth on your way to the to the nation's capital so i'm sure that that didn't hurt <laughs> but yeah those last 48 hours were pretty um, important in terms of just making sure we're leveraging the success from these top and middle funnel campaigns and re-engaging people at the at the last moment. Oh man, that's fantastic! So, last two hours, or sorry, last two days. I mean, we're we're talking that last forty-eight hours. The <laughs> caps win uh, a fantastic like it was like you're like really psyched, but it's like no, come back, make sure you vote. <laughs> and so, when you think about getting that that message out, you know, like what were some of those tactics and, you know, maybe even like ad units that you used again, um, as you were kind of like talking about, I love the ad copy example, any, anything else there that you guys uh, really kind of were like focused on? So I think the, the key there was to use the reach objective, um, because it's just about getting it in front of as many, um, people that day, you know, we're no longer looking for recall or, or engagement. It's about having our all the entire base show up. But in terms of messaging, we also went for something more simple where we're essentially boosting um, the post of the candidate that day, his organic post, where he's just um, telling people to to get out and vote. And it's as simple as, as that. There's no need anymore for, you know, some very creative message or anything like that. It's about having that one-to-one -one conversation where the message really came from him. Fantastic. And so what happened? Like, what, what were the results? Like, get, tell us uh, the outcome here. So it was, it was a really exciting day um, on, on June 12th because I didn't know this beforehand, but local elections really happen like national ones. So at 12 p.m. at 12 p.m. and 4 p.m., you already get um, you basically get, you don't get voting data, but you get turnout data. So they were already releasing um, turnout by precinct. And I had data from the previous election. And we also had data about his um, expected share of votes in each of these precincts. So essentially, we were able to like project the number of positive votes he got both at 12 and 4 p.m. Um, and I quickly saw, especially at 4 p.m., that not only did he get the precincts that are very favorable to him, 
got 15% more vote than in 2015, but that the ones that aren't were trending a little bit behind. So there was a lot more people that showed up to vote. And at the end of the day at 9 p.m., um, they released the official number and he won and got 53% of the overall vote. And um, what's great too is that the election mobilized, I think, I want to say around 20,000 people, where it was closer to 12,000 three years ago. So there's pretty massive turnout, all things considered, for, for such a, a local election. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really big. I mean, because you're also influencing people that maybe not be voting for your candidate, right? I mean, you probably got other people to go out and vote, whether they voted for yours or not. But I mean, that's really cool to kind of see that, that power, really more than anything else, of like what you can do with really great ads and really great targeting. And when you mix those together and how you can kind of like mobilize people, I mean, it's a little bit scary when you think about like 2016, but you know, at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, it worked on like a, a election level of this, of this caliber. So, um, you know, when you kind of like think about this and this is still fresh, we're talking just a couple of weeks ago, like what were like some of like your key learnings, you know, that you could you know, like want to pass along to advertisers that are, you know, in the same boat as you, as they might be thinking about their own elections as we kind of think, um, you know, midterm elections are coming up this fall. Yeah. So I think that the main learnings are around the fact that I'm honestly, my, my background is in um, search marketing and I've this very, you know, granular optimization background. And we're seeing over time that automation is, is sort of taking over. And you've had a few podcasts on that. I think one of my main takeaways, how fantastic the Facebook platform is that once you set a goal, just optimizing towards that and taking care of this ad delivery part. So I would say it's once you get the concept of using this sort of funnel strategy, where as you get closer to the election, you move from a more generic message to engaging people towards a conversation and then getting out the, the vote types of messaging. Once you've understood that, it's really about focusing on the quality of creative because eventually that's what's going to make the, the difference. And then I would also say that uh, one differentiator is first party data. So our candidate, one thing they were doing as they were canvassing, so going, you know, door knocking, um, they were collecting people's like obviously email, name and address so that we could reuse that to retarget them as custom audiences, especially when they were favorable to the candidate. So there's still ways to kind of have an edge on the competition. And some of that is making sure to have good first party data and that apply even with small local campaigns like that. Yeah. So as you kind of think about the future, you know, I guess my two questions for you, would you take on another political candidate? And then the second part of that is what advice would you give someone taking on a political candidate? <laughs> so would I ever do this again? Um, I, it's, it's a little bit different than um, the types of clients we work with. And I think by definition, like this might be better suited for PR firms that focused on, you know, political work in general. Um, I think the fact that it was local and, and then there was a good fit, we, and I was curious to do it is, is why we did it. Um, but in terms of, of advice, I mean, you have to be ready to work like not around the clock, but this is very different than a typical campaign management process where, um, I mean, campaign managers 
are used to emailing on the weekend and, and candidates like campaign on the weekend. So it's kind of a 24 seven thing. So I would say you have to be ready to work around the clock for these types of campaign and you have to be ready to jump in, especially as a, as a candidate and then put out fires. Well, cool. Well, man, like it sounds like it went fairly well though. I mean, you, you, you got, a candidate that came to you, you accepted him as a client, which is not your typical client at Silverback whatsoever. I mean, uh, you, you are not like a, an agency that focuses on like, po- like politics. So taking them on and then really great job on the execution of strategy. I really liked, you know, how you kind of walked us through how you used the budget, what types of ads you saw, and then ultimately the outcome of that. So I think it was also uh, hats off to you guys for a really smart strategy and good work of putting all that together. Thank you. Awesome. All right, man. So um, let's wrap up. Like, I'm sure you got some people that might be interested in learning a little bit more about, you know, political campaigns, or maybe they want to reach out and ask you some questions. Where can people find you and uh, how can they connect with Silverback? We're going to have a, a blog actually come out um, sometimes next week, I believe. Our content team is working on that currently. So if you want to find out some more details on, on the strategy and the outcome, you can find that at silverbackstrategies.com under our blog section. Um, and then don't hesitate to reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. My handle is B underscore Louie. B underscore Louie. Nice work on getting that one. And uh, I'll make sure to uh, link to that uh, article in the show notes. So if you're going through and you're wanting to quick access to that, I'll make sure to include that as well. So, uh, Louie, man, thanks again for, for coming on and like talking to us about some Facebook political ads. And I'm sure I know I had very curious and was wondering like what's happening with them and like what is going on and how is it impacting advertisers? But it seems like for the most part, it was fairly smooth sailing, even though you know, there was a lot of stuff that was in flux. So, you know, good work, man. I really appreciate it. And for coming on and sharing all of your learnings with us. Thanks for having me. I was definitely excited to get a chance to get on your podcast. <laughs> now I know I can tell my team that they definitely have to subscribe and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, I'll make sure to send you that $5 for that part. Uh, no, but uh, no, thanks again <laughs> for, uh, for, the, uh, for the shout out. And for any of those of you guys listening, I mean, feel free to, you know, if you go to blog.adstage.io, you can subscribe to our newsletter there. It will all, you know, we'll make sure to include the podcast on that newsletter and it comes out nearly every Thursday and uh, you'll be able to keep up with the podcast and then also you can go subscribe you know, we're on you know Apple podcast we just got on Spotify so go check us out on Spotify we're pretty psyched there for all you Spotify listeners to go and follow us there and until next week uh, thanks Louie for coming on and talking with us and we'll see you guys all uh, next week <laughs> <laughs>